Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and you can find me at Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Guile. This is Guile. I am Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Chicky. Hi, I'm Chicky, Chickrun on Tumblr. And returning with us is Lady Blade War Angel. Hi, I'm Lady Blade, and you can find me at Lady Blade War Angel on Tumblr. Thanks for coming back. Yay. Yay! Thanks for having me back! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are continuing our discussion of Cersei chapters. We're on her fifth chapter. Um, it's Cersei 5 from A Feast for Crows. And spoilers galore, of course, for the books. This chapter starts with Cersei. She's getting dressed and Tolman is by her side. Um, he wants to sit on the Iron Throne. And Cersei immediately suspects that Marjorie is behind these notions. And, you know, she's not wrong about that. Um, Cersei discourages Tolman from attending, um, calling, telling him he'll just be a distraction. Um, and I did select a little passage. Um, Cersei did not mean to give it up until Tolman came of age. I waited, so can he. I waited half my life. She had played the dutiful daughter, the blushing bride, the pliant wife. She had suffered Robert's drunken groping, Jamie's jealousy, Renly's mockery, Varys with his titters, Stannis endlessly grinding his teeth. She had contended with John Arryn, Ned Stark, and her vile, treacherous, murderous dwarf brother all the while promising herself that one day it would be her turn. If Marjorie Tyrell thinks to cheat me of my hour in the sun, she had bloody well think again. And how can you not but read that passage, right? <laughs> well quoted, well known. Oh, Cersei. Yep. That's the epitome of Cersei right there. Yeah, but how would she have gotten away with this if Tywin was still alive? She would totally not have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kills me. It, it's not, the thing is, it's not her turn. It's never going to be her turn. It's not her right. It's not her throne. It's like literally nothing. And if she could just yeah. figure that out, how happier would she be? Like if she could just find something else to be passionate about in life. <laughs> well, she used to be passionate about Jamie, but that died when Robert did. So, hmm. <laughs> it's just funny how she just is so obsessed with the throne and clearly has been since she was a little kid, as we'll get into further in this mm-hmm. chapter. And she just thinks she has a right to it as though just by being born, she had a right, which is funny because it's not like she's a Targaryen that we know of. <laughs> you know, I mean, like she didn't actually have a right to the Iron Throne. And it is weird that she really feels like she does. And it is not only is she not a Targaryen, she's not a man. Right, like these. Well, she's not a Baratheon. I mean, that's kind of the. You know, Tommen's throne is not through her. Yeah. Yeah, but technically, Tommen. Yeah, isn't that's a exactly it. Either. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, the concept that she thinks the throne is hers. I mean, like setting setting aside some of her issues with her not being a man. 
um, which I kind of think are slightly flimsy in most places. Uh, the truth is, you know, she doesn't have any blood right to this throne, and she certainly hasn't earned it. So why does she think it's hers? Like, I really don't know why she thinks it's hers. She's definitely got a god complex. Well, and I mean, <laughs> I like to, you know, contrast, like, Marjorie's attitude as queen to Cersei's. I mean, Marjorie is, you know, obviously in the books we don't have an insight into into her into her POV, but you know, she is not grasping the throne for herself. Marjorie's advice to Tommen is basically to make him a better king. And Cersei's too stupid to, under- to see this as the Tyrells, like, throwing themselves in with the Lannisters. She sees them as a threat, where, as an actuality, the Tyrells are just as dependent on Tommen as she is. They've, they're thrown together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Tommen died, then Marjorie would have no claim anyway, so... Oh, she'd find someone she's, else to marry. <laughs> yeah, there's but another there king. Be king. <laughs> oh, she'd well, find yeah, another king. <laughs> yeah, no, she'd find another king. <laughs> I feel like you're in Greyjoy would be looking good about then. Yep. She's a climber. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Cersei, she sets out on her day. Um, she's got a lot of meetings to attend to with Lord Giles and then Lord Waters. And she seems to be the one who's really bored and fidgety. You know, she kind of accuses... Tolman of going to he's going to be bored but she's not exactly thrilled to be at these meetings either um Pycelle interrupts her sessions with news that Davos Seaworth has been beheaded by Wyman Manderley um his head is mounted at the walls of White Harbor with an onion in his mouth nice yeah oh graphic I think in this part one of our first read the books I really I was really upset because I was just like I think this is before you even know that uh, Davos is still alive, right? Because I think the it is. right it is before, yeah. You don't know until you get yeah. dance. Um, and I was really upset because you don't know until six dead. years later you find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it it was pretty pretty, you know, widely theorized that you know this sounds too small for for Davos to die this way. But at the same time, you're like, well, you can't put it past George that he could have killed her. So it, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a cliffhanger in this book for six years which is a really big pain to have to endure right, you know, waiting for cliffhangers through interminable waits for the new book yeah mm. leave George alone Chicky yeah George <laughs> R. R. Martin is Never. not your bitch <laughs> he is my bitch <laughs> no one's gonna tell her otherwise <laughs> And I try my best. We're, we're all his bitches. Yeah. I try my best never to argue with Chicky. So, GRMs is uh, Chicky's bitch. <laughs> make him write faster, Chicky. What's going on? Quick, hurry up. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, come on. Control your bitch, Chicky. <laughs> get your bitch in line. Get, her in, get him in line. <laughs> So, uh, Cersei commands a letter be sent to Manderley, announcing she will have his son return to him. All in, in her mind, like, all the matters in the North seem to, you know, be settling themselves. Uh, Roose and his bastard are closing in on Moat Kaelin, and the Ironmen are getting pushed out. She assumes that they will unite. The North will be against Stannis. Because that makes sense. Like, I don't know how she draws oh. the conclusion. <laughs> Oh, totally. After the Lannisters like killed most of their kin who went off to war with Rob, you know, we'll just unite against Stannis. Is actually helping. Yeah. Why did she, like? I don't understand why she would even think that's a reasonable thought. No, because she's because she doesn't understand how people work. I mean, she just fails to understand particularly how the North works. But 
basically how people work. I mean, you know, they're not the North isn't just going to forget that the Starks ever existed just because she killed most or her family killed most of them. That's just not how things work, and particularly in the North. Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, well, she, you know, I think Bruce Bolton is about to find out. She thinks there's none left, Indeed. though. I mean, she thinks Sansa's out there somewhere, but, I mean, she doesn't know Bran and Rickon are alive. She doesn't know, you know, she vaguely oh, knows yeah. of Jon Snow, so she thinks that there's, you know, she thinks there's a power vacuum in the North, which she doesn't understand the law. Lo- I mean, it's kind of interesting actually, because she, what she doesn't understand in particular is she doesn't understand the loyalty of the Starks bannerman towards the Starks, which is mm. shows she learned literally nothing from Tywin because if nothing else, I mean, Tywin actually does have the loyalty of all the Westerlands bannermen, like unquestioned loyalty. Oh, and, yeah. You know, she obviously, you know, She's discounting that completely in the North, which I feel like she just doesn't understand anything her father did. Mm. All right. <laughs> so other issues happening in Westeros. Um, we have Mace Tyrell and his siege at Storm's End. Apparently it's not going that well. And Cersei, Cersei basically thinks that Mace is just fat and lazy. <laughs> She's probably not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> poor mace (laughs) Cersei also reluctantly takes a meeting with a bravosi named Noho Demetis did I say that right? Demetis Noho Demetis do you think this is named after someone that like GRRM wanted to get back at like somebody's somebody like name. It, in North Hollywood or something I don't know well it's such a bizarre name like it must have some secret meaning probably <laughs> the name's bizarre though if you look at like bravosi names like you've got Cyril Pharrell, Tychona Storis, um okay I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> no, no, I just I wanted to let you go and just see how long you could keep naming bravosi people. <laughs> She's tapped. <laughs> I could go on, but I'm going to shut up. <laughs> so anyway, he's with the Iron Bank and he wants its money. Cersei flippantly tells him to speak with Lord Giles. A seventh time. Seven being a sacred number to their gods. So I I really feel like in this exchange with the banker, she's like doing her best to channel Tywin. I feel like she's doing the best to like channel when you're just out of college and you don't have any money and you have to answer the phone and it's the bill collector. No, I'm sorry. She's not here right now. Can I take a message? I think we're getting a glimpse into the life of Guile in her 20s. (laughs) I'm saying nothing. I was one of those poor students. (laughs) Still getting those calls. No. Oh, I still get those calls. <laughs> okay. It's just, but it's just like, this is hard to read. It's so awkward. And you can tell how much audacity it takes. I and mean, you can tell that this guy, this envoy for the Iron Bank, is not accustomed to being treated like this at all, which no. should clue you in as to how bad it is that Cersei's pulling this with them. And it's like, you know, I mean, like it's—I don't know what to compare it to in our world, but it's like it—I don't know—maybe messing with the American CIA or something. It's just like you don't fuck around with the Iron <laughs> Bank. Like they're not joking. They're like, like the IRS. I don't know that. Well, the <laughs> IRS that's is a less good, universal, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, I live in England. I have no idea what the IRS is. Really? Oh, well, I'm just north of them, so I get a lot of their television. <laughs> 
our, our tax collectors, Lady Blade. Oh, okay. Okay. Tax people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he is not happy. Um, Sir Osmond Kettleblack escorts Cersei back to her rooms, and she's quite eager to learn of his brother's progress when uh, seducing Marjorie. And the report does not please her, and she starts to wonder if she ha- um, maybe has she should have chosen Orain Waters to seduce Marjorie. And uh, Osney has been unable to do the deed as Marjorie never seems to be alone. There's like, like there's women in her bed, ladies to dress her, give her breakfast. She prays and reads with women. And there's always men about her, even in the maiden vault. And that little bit interests Cersei quite a bit. Her her ears perk when she gets that bit of news. But how clever the Tyrells are to keep the cousins with her at all times. Like, you know, probably sensing that something like this could happen. They're very smart to keep her in the presence of other women at all times. Oh, well, absolutely. and plus, I mean, she's got like a full rewarding life. I mean, she's going to have to wait like eight or nine years to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to wrap my head around what you just said. How do you have a full rewarding life without sex? I think that's where I'm hung up on. <laughs> well, I think that's what they're, you know, that's kind of what she's trying to do. Like, she's got some friends, she's got other interests, you know. She's got hobbies. Yeah, she has hobbies. Good for her. her. She probably has a cat. Yeah. Has anyone ever considered that Marjorie may be like Loris in a lot more ways than just their looks? I may have seen so. Yeah, I may have seen a few things on the Tumblr. (laughs) Yeah, in the show, she's clearly. But I mean, like even you know, Littlefinger, I think mentions to Sansa like. You know, Marjorie gets to, you know, Marjorie gets to keep her virginity, which she doesn't really, you know, she's not really interested in in keeping anymore. Like, I think, you know, she'd like to have a fully rewarding life if we're going to use euphemisms. Hmm. (laughs) Well, do you guys all think she's a virgin? No. Yeah, I do. She's like 16. Oh, that's old in those days. Uh, Well, I think, I think Marjorie's probably right. I think Renly probably got the job done at least once or twice. Uh, I mean, I think Cersei's probably right about that. Um, I mean, I don't think that she's stupid enough, frankly, to be having like a bunch of sex with a bunch of guys. I mean, I think we're hearing the evidence of that right now with how hard a time Osney's having, despite the fact that he thinks that she's into him. You know, she's still not, you know, allowing them to be alone together. She's still not, you know, falling for his whatever seduction that's going on. So I think, you know, it's not that she's opposed and I don't think it's that she's necessarily still a virgin. I think she's just very smart. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I concur um, with Chicky. Yeah. There's also this bit too where they uh, he just reports that she always seems to have singers and jugglers about her. And we know that will come into play later. Um, there's <laughs> also another part with this Summer Islander. Oh God, this name. Lady Blade, oh, Jalabar, <laughs> Jalabarzo, Jalabarzo, yeah, yeah, I knew you'd get it. <laughs> who used to ask King Robert to go to war and reclaim the Summer Isles, and now he appears to be um, teaching Marjorie the Summer Tongue. I don't know. I felt like that little bit was. Why throw that in there if it's not going to be revisited? Well, I mean, again, maybe it's to show. You know, here's Marge. You know, in a way, 
here's what Marjorie's doing with her leadership position is she's trying to encourage Tommen to act and learn in ways that make sense for a future king. And, you know, like if, why shouldn't a queen of Westeros know the summer tongue? Like, why shouldn't she be able to communicate with people from the rest of the world? Like, maybe it's just showing Marjorie, like, doing a good job. I yeah. think she's just too smart, to be honest. Not not saying she doesn't care, but I think she uses that caring to a certain extent because she's she's smart enough to realize that if the people hate her then she's not going to really stay queen very long well maybe it's i mean maybe you know i've never really thought about this but you know maybe look at george is showing us a little bit of marjorie's similarities to Tyrion in a way in just like the intellectual curiosity yeah i I I would totally ship them yeah never had that perspective I, i could get on board with that Oh, uh, let's see. Osmond answers Cersei that his brother is eager to mount the filly, quote unquote. And I was really getting sick of that. Getting used. <laughs> it was like used yeah. so much in this chapter. Like, enough. Mount the filly. And Cersei. So many horse metaphors. <laughs> and usually yeah, but we're you're not, you're not. But the reason, the reason that he's calling her the filly is because Cersei cannot stand for Marjorie to be called queen, queen in her presence, despite the fact that Marjorie is very much the queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Cersei thinks Osney is a fool, and she thinks it's obvious that Osmond wants her, not Marjorie. As they continue their walk, the sounds of excited shouts draw their attention to the courtyard. Marjorie and her ladies are cheering for a boy who she assumes to be a squire. Turns out it's Tommen, and he's learning to joust. Um, there's Yay, Mar- Tommen! <laughs> Marjorie, Loris, and the rest praise Tommen. Oh, you're getting on board with that. <laughs> Marge comments in a few years, Tommen will be unhorsing Sir Loris. And then Cersei kind of just like pretty much like ices all their fun. And I think the quote is smile. Um, their smiles withered like roses kissed by frost when she like showed up. <laughs> Have you ever seen anyone happier to be like the death of a party? <laughs> music died. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, Toman is the only one who seems to be oblivious to the chill that his mother brings and uh, she asks he asks if she saw him and she tells him he did well and uh, jousting is in his blood and one day he'll be just as great as his father and then (laughs) Marjorie awesomely and coyly asks what jousts King Robert won (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's pretty much ma- yeah. It's pretty much like her oh shit moment, right? <laughs> She's like, ah, I was thinking of Jamie. <laughs> well, and e- you know, she even admits that she, sl- you know, if she admits that she slipped, and you're like, Cersei, can't you see that you're just way too arrogant and not paying enough attention to what's going on around you, and that you're not, you know, dotting all your eyes and crossing all your t's. Well, but I mean, it's sort of interesting for Marjorie to bring that up, though, too, because you know, as we said the Tyrells are banking on Tom and Tommen's legitimacy as well. So she's just basically Marjorie's doing it to be a dick to Cersei, which I kind of love. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. yeah. It's fun. 
Well, and it's but it's also like Elena is always doing and I you know, trying to give Cersei the hint that she just can't seem to take, which is yeah, you know, hey, this this whole thing is a house of cards, we're all in it together. And yep. Cersei is just taking it exactly the wrong way. Right. Right. Like it's it's not so much a threat as a, you know, yeah, we get it type of hey, we're not stupid. We're not stupid right. is what they're saying. Yeah. You're yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is what they're saying, too, yeah. Yes, that's also <laughs> what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, she thinks she's, like, the smartest of all of the Lannister children, but she kind of proves herself to be the dumbest over and over again. Yep, that's that's her MO, that's for damn sure. We, ha- <laughs> we had a question come in through Tumblr, and they ask, what do you think of Cersei's parenting? And do you think Marjorie and Cersei could be friends one day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the answers I could think of for that. <laughs> I, I think she's a terrible parent. Yeah. I do <laughs> Agreed. She's a terrible parent. When she can't get her own way, she like threatens to have them, like, have their whipping boy beaten. And I think Joffrey would have just enjoyed that. Yeah. But, well, you she's know. a terrible parent because she, she's specifically, re- like, she's specifically preventing Tommen's growth in order to keep power herself. Yeah, she's stunting him on purpose. I mean, I completely agree. <laughs> There's just no denying it. I don't know. Is anyone claiming she's a good parent? I mean, like, I don't even well, think, I think her it's fans the, are oh, saying she, that. Oh, she loves her children, blah, blah, blah. You know, that crap. <laughs> <sighs> she may love them, but she does not love them well. <laughs> no, oh, no, she loves not them, a good love. She love them. She doesn't love them as individuals. She loves them as parts of herself. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, she's terrible. And they show when you've got a rally, she gets angry. Well, and you see that here, where it's like you know, Tommen really wants to do the jousting, and and here he's expressing something that he wants to pursue, and she's immediately putting a stop to it for reasons entirely of her own that have nothing to do with you know his well-being or his interests or anything like that. Mm-hmm. What about the second part to this question? Um, do you think Marge and Cersei could be friends one day? No Never. <laughs> okay, am I crazy? Have we had that question before? I feel like we've had that question before, and I don't even know where it comes from, because no. I just feel like I'm being <laughs> trolled by a non on Tumblr, <laughs> is what I feel like. <laughs> don't worry, I'm sure there'll be more trolls. Absolutely not. Considering, yeah, Cersei wants Marjorie dead. So, yeah, no, not going to happen, usually. And I mean, to be fair, I'm sure that given the chance, Marjorie wouldn't object to Cersei's death either. Nope. No. Cersei hasn't had a great track record with friends in the past. No, she really hasn't. It's not going to go very well. (laughs) She admits it herself in this chapter that she hasn't had a friend since she was, like, a little girl. (laughs) Since the one she killed. Right. Oh, yeah. The one she threw in the well. And And she liked that one, by all accounts. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only one she liked, apparently. She got the well. Okay. So as Cersei leaves, she asks Loras to join her. She asks him whose idea it was to let Tommen ride at the Quinton. And uh, he tells her it was Marjorie's. Laurie defends the suggestion and says he's nine. He should learn. Cersei tells him it is not his job. Loras tells her she would not find any man half as skilled with a sword or lance as he. Cersei (laughs) denies his... I bet. Cersei denies his request to be the master at arms, leaves him, and then thinks of who else she could get to train Tommen. Um, she's <laughs> like, well, I can't ask the Kingsguard now. The hound has gone rabid. Um, Aaron Santagar, a Dornishman. And then she's like, yes, there must be some swordsmen in Dorn that are good. 
like it's just such a weird far-fetched i i i just can't with cersei's logic well she's oh she, she does have logic for this because one. explain because she <laughs> she wants a dornishman because she knows the dornish the dornish hate the tyrells ah right i did and make vice a versa. Dornish yeah really love the lannisters too don't they right no <laughs> they do not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, she's so pleased with her thinking any, in any re- uh, regards. Um, so back in her solar, she finds Kyburn, who reports on the doings of the world. Um, there's strife in the free cities, and she's pretty much like, who cares? Slave revolts in Marine and Astapor. Again, who cares? Reports of dragons in Marine, and she's like, it's harpies, stupid. <laughs> Not dragons in Marine. <laughs> There's news from Dorne, and it's that Prince Duran has imprisoned Damon Sand, a former squire of Oberyn. He's locked away for demanding Oberyn's daughters be set free, and Cersei, you know, she shrugs this off too. And then there finally there's this report of a marriage between Lord Estimore and a daughter of Knight Spotswood. She's 23, and this dude is 70. A little bit of what's happening here um, is is that George is... You know, sometimes it's easy with the with the POV structure to forget that that these chapters are part of a larger story in the in a larger book. And um, a little bit of what George is doing here is alluding to what's going on in Dorne and what's going on with Arianne. Um, so you're hearing about um, I, I can't remember the the Santa Gar girl's name. Is it Silva? Silva. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Sylvia Silva. Silva. They call yeah, Silva, she's yeah, she was part of. She was part of Arianne's entourage in the Queenmaker plot, and so has punishment. She gets married off to um, the Lord of Estelon, who's really old. Yeah, who is like (laughs) Stannis' uncle, by the way. So there's something else going on here, too, and I don't really know for sure what it will be. I don't think we really know what it's going to be. But, yeah, George is kind of tying in some things here. It definitely um, feels like some setup, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because like they go like into a flashback as she recalls the Estermonts and again relatives of Roberts, and she thinks mm-hmm. of how Jamie had dubbed the castle green shit. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at this castle green shit, Cersei had Jamie follow Robert one night to confirm Robert's infidelity with a girl he knew in his youth. Jamie asked her then if she wanted Robert dead. And she said, no, I want him horned. She liked to think it was the night they conceived Joffrey. So it might have been. It wasn't just a girl. It was a cousin of Robert's. So she really should have approved of that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Although I do appreciate. So is this the the first time that. This is the first time that she caught Robert cheating. Was that green shit? Uh, it feels kind yeah, of like it, that because it was like pretty early. I think it was kind of on their marriage tour. Yeah, oh, it's relatively had... early, a year or two into the marriage, probably. Yeah, but she had Jamie well, follow him more. around, so there has to be a reason for having Jamie follow him around. Probably he's <laughs> well. She's... She she caught him she eyeing suspected. her. Right? What was that? Sorry. I think what it was, she suspected him of cheating, and she knew he was from rumors, but she probably just wanted it confirmed with eyes that she could trust yeah well the probably getting called liana's name on their wedding night also maybe made her suspicious of his fidelity (laughs) (laughs) it's it's kind of interesting too to see jamie's reaction is so like you want me to kill him for you right now and he would have oh jamie (laughs) sounds like a teenage jamie Jamie. doesn't it oh jamie i'm a child 
Anyway, yeah, Cersei asked Kyburn why a marriage between Elden Estermont and a young wife should concern her. And apparently the Sanitagar girl and Damien Sand are... Santagar. Santagar, thank you. My writing got crazy there. (laughs) Apparently the Santagar girl and Damien Sand were both close to Arion. Cersei brushes off the information and she asks, do you have anything else? Kyburn informs her of a treasonous puppet show um, that depicts haughty lions devouring people only to be devoured themselves by hatched dragons. Foreshadow! I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Cersei orders any men of note are to be fined half their worth and anybody too poor, they have to lose one eye and the puppeteers must all be executed. Um, Kyburn asks for two of those puppeteers and be great if they were women. Cersei reminds him she already gave him Sunil, and uh, <sighs> the, the memory of Sunil makes her queasy, but she tells Kyburn he can have two women, but she wants Yeah, to well, earlier in this chapter, we saw that, that Dorcas is basically her handmaiden now, and so you get the impression that Sunil has been 86th, and this is where we find out where she ended up, which is with Kyburn, and the way that he puts this, like, this is one of the most horrifying terms I've ever heard, that she's exhausted i mean knowing what you know about kyburn it just is like oh, oh god oh, yeah. what did he do to her and then cersei goes into this memory of like dropping her off in his cells in the in the dungeons basically and, and it's so cold that the the flicker of the torches struggle i, oh. I think that's like the line oh yeah yeah the foul thing screaming in the darkness oh creepy creepy Anyway, Kyburn leaves and Cersei takes a nice hot bath and she's interrupted by Jamie and Toman. Toman wants a horse. He wants to joust every day and he wants Sir Loras to teach him. Cersei tells Toman a proper master at arms will teach him. Toman wants Loras. Cersei tells Toman Osmond Kettleback is twice the night Loras is and Jamie just kind of laughs at this. <laughs> <laughs> Toman insists he wants Sir Loras and a kitten. Also, he's not going to eat beets no more. <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> Love it. And Jamie laughs again. <laughs> Cersei tells Toman until he comes of age, the rule is hers. Loras will not train him, but he can have a kitten. Toman leaves and Jamie asks her if she is just drunk or merely stupid. <laughs> How much do you love Jamie here? I love how Jamie's just laughing at everything Tommen says. Jamie's like Disney's dad right here, though, you know? He so is. He gets to, like, prance in and be like, let's let him joust and blah, blah, blah. And, like, he isn't doing any of the heavy parental lifting at all. (laughs) I think he's He's laughing at Cersei. He totally is. Huh? Than he is at Tommen. He just finds it funny because Cersei now has to come up with excuses why Tommen can't do things that well, other kids. I don't know. Doing. I think he's sort of. I think he's laughing with Tommen. I think he's pretty charmed by Tommen. I mean, Tommen's really likable. Yeah, I think he's just well, enjoying him. Who doesn't love Tommen? Yeah, but no, Jamie's totally enjoying <laughs> Cersei. Cersei dealing with Tommen after he's been energized clearly by by Marjorie. I don't know, because, I mean, when he says, you know, are you drunk or just stupid? I mean, is, isn't is that kind of a reaction to her reaction to Tommen? Like, Tommen's asking for, like, reasonable things, things well, that yeah. he should be asking for, and she's being, you know, she's denying him it, denying him it 
denying him it that doesn't sound right i don't know he, he if you if you, if you notice he like he he laughs when tommen says things that will especially set her off like when he says he doesn't want a dornishman which is exactly what cersei's trying to like shove down his throat so i think jamie is laughing at tommen because he's being cute but i think he's definitely laughing about the fact that tommen is not doing what cersei wants yeah yeah mm. no i just think it's kind of sad because he is like nine, isn't he now? When mm-hmm. in book bookland, he's nine, and at nine, like every other kid, even you had like Bran, and he was seven when the series started, and he was already learning how to use bow and arrows and the sword, and he was training, which is what Tommen should be doing because one day he will have to rule and he'll have to fight. Yep. And this is, and that's the thing too. Like it just goes back to Cersei's short-sightedness. Like she's intentionally weakening Tommen as a king. She's just keeping him weak because she thinks that the longer she keeps him under her thumb, the longer she's going to rule. But very short-sighted. Yeah. Well, it was one of the first things that Tywin said. I think was that he needed to get Tommen, you know, uh, someone to squire for and to get him toughened up, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she must have heard that. She must know that that was what Tywin thought as well. And yet she constantly compares him to Joffrey and, you know, he's weaker. Unfavorably as well. Yeah, he's weaker than Joffrey. Yet she doesn't want to do anything to help, you know, toughen him up. No, she just doesn't want him to die. Remember, she can't get Marcella in time. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, Jamie is... Um, tells Cersei that he's sick of inspecting the city walls and he tells her Loras is the best jouster and Cersei is just kind of getting sick and annoyed with Jaime at this point, his impudence. Um, I have this passage marked. She was tired of Jaime balking her. No one had ever balked her lord father. When Tywin Lannister spoke, men obeyed. When Cersei spoke, they felt free to counsel her, to contradict her, even refuse her. It is all because I am a woman, because I cannot fight them with a sword. They gave Robert more respect than they give me, and Robert was a witless sot. She would not suffer it, especially not from Jamie. I need to rid myself of him, and soon. Once upon a time, she had dreamt that the two of them might rule the Seven Kingdoms side by side, but Jamie had become more of a hindrance than a help. See, this is one of those passages where I feel like Cersei's blaming all of of problems with getting people what she wants on the fact that she's a woman. And I'm like, I don't think that's your only problem here. (laughs) No. I'm not saying that misogyny isn't a big issue for her, but yeah, I think, I think, I think she's she's just like, oh, it's just because I'm a woman and that they won't obey me. And it's like, could it possibly be that they really genuinely mean the counsel that they're giving you and that they really think you need to hear it? Um, You know, I'm not saying there isn't an element of both, but... Well, and she's also oblivious to how, you know, she's oblivious to actually how people treated her father in a way. If you think, you know, think forward to the Riverlands and think of Jamie remembering, oh, you know, all these generals basically were in a room with Tywin and Tywin just let them all talk. Like, I think she thinks that Tywin walked into a room and said, we're doing this. And they all said, okay. Like, she doesn't (laughs) get that there actually was a discussion. And I think Tywin probably took advice from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the other side of that, the other side of that is that Tywin had actually earned the respect he had. Now, pretty, pretty, you know, um, hard-handedly when you consider what he did to the, the Tarbex and the Reigns. Yeah, they had it coming. Tywin did earn the fear and respect of people, but, you know, I mean, he really did. And this is something I don't think she's ever earned 
understood. I think she just thinks, oh, Tywin was born a Lannister, you know, so therefore he got respect as a Lannister. It's like, no, 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 no. The Lannisters weren't respected. And then Tywin came along and and made them respected again. And this is something she just doesn't seem to grasp, that every individual needs to earn their place, even if they're kind of born into it. I think she was very sheltered in a way, if you think about it, because unlike Jaime and Tyrion, who were sons and were expected more of she was a girl and all that was expected of her was to marry well like she complained that jamie got a sword and she got jewels and silks but that's basically how tyman sort of raised her he raised her to be more ignorant yeah i don't know though because she was clearly a part of a lot of these governmental sessions and everything i mean she seems to have a really good idea of of how um other people have run things so i don't think she was completely shut out of any of that stuff. I and don't think she was. If you think about it, shut. she was in King's Landing when neither Tyrion or Jaime were while Tywin was hand. I mean, too, you could think maybe Tywin was thinking ahead with Cersei. Like, I don't know how much he counseled her or taught her. I don't have any real, like, evidence that he did those things. But he had to think with, you know, Jaime being on the King's Guard, he did not want Tyrion to inherit Casterly Rock. He had to figure that that's where Cersei was going to end up going back to. You think? I would think? No, so. I think he was yeah, totally delusional much. about Jamie. <laughs> no, I think he was—he was always thinking that somehow, some way, he was going to get Jamie off the king's guard. Could be. I think that you he think was he'd have done it when Robert was still alive, then? No, because Robert would have just said no just to annoy him. <laughs> I don't know. Would have just said no. I mean, like Robert was heavily indebted to Tywin, and I, I, you don't see any signs that Tywin made a move at all until Jamie loses his hand and, and then it's like Tywin sees his chance but I don't I, I'm, I'm not convinced that Tywin was looking for a way to get Jamie out I mean it definitely feels that way on the show but in the books I don't really see much evidence that that's the case I think uh, maybe they when um, Joffrey dismissed Selmy that might have like given Tywin like another hope but yeah given I mean, him to, an your idea. Point, yeah. to your point that was like 15 years then of him believing that he wasn't going to have Jamie as his heir. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the whole scene where Jamie actually meets Tywin in the tent, even on the show, like you get part of that in the books as well. You know, you've got to become the man you were supposed to be. He's always expected Jamie to be the heir. He's always thought that at some point he can turn around and probably change it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, but that scene isn't in the books, though. I, I think the the kind of I, I understand where that impression comes from with the show because of like that scene, but I actually kind of take issue with that that kind of concept of the relationship between Tywin and Jamie because really what you see of, of from Tywin or hear from him in a Game of Thrones and in Ash is basically him saying mostly only complimentary things about Jamie. Surprisingly, even after Jamie is basically stupid and gets caught at the whispering wood tywin pretty much just backs jamie like you never really get the feeling that he is disappointed in jamie or jamie's done poorly or any of that um the the only oh, time no, you get jamie even a hint of that is in the conversation they have in storm well but then there's that conversation with when he sends Tyrion to king's landing before blackwater where Tyrion is really pissed because he, re, he, you know, from Tyrion's perspective, he sees it as Tywin's given Jaime up for dead, and that's why he's turning to me to to be hand. Yeah. And like Tyrion is like outraged by it. So I, yeah, I mean, I I don't know that there's you know I think there's a lot of good arguments 
for either yeah. way. It's kind of hard to tell what Tywin was thinking. Boy, wouldn't a Tywin POV have been interesting oh, at some God. point? Yeah, that would have been so <laughs> awesome. That would have been great. Uh, hey, we might get one as, as with Tywin as white or something. If, if, <laughs> if it's like the white right through Frank and Tywin. <laughs> Well, yeah. If, if he's if he's secretly Robert Strong's head, then yeah, we totally might. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be awesome. I would be like, yeah, I'm like eight feet tall now. I can be even more intimidating than I was before. <laughs> Frightening. Okay, so in the next scene, we get a little bit of a bath uh, with Cersei. Well, with Cersei getting out of her bath and uh, Jamie checking out her bush. Well, apparently she <laughs> thinks he's checking out her bush. All I could th- wonder is if he was now comparing Cersei's bush to Brienne's. <laughs> yeah. he probably was. No, dude, no. he is. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. George doesn't do these things by accident. And when these baths keep popping up in Jamie's chapters. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a reason, and you it's better not that believe. He's really dirty. <laughs> well, it's also that he's really dirty, but you better believe that if she like stands up out of a bath the same way that Brienne may have done in Storm, that there's a reason, and it's a deliberate callback. And the fact that we know that she he is looking at her pubic hair, I mean, like, this is deliberate as fuck. And mm-hmm. anyone who tells you otherwise is crazy, as crazy yeah. as Cersei is, frankly. Because <laughs> You, you don't do do this stuff by accident right i do find it funny that the next chapter is a brienne chapter too right that's happened a couple times it happens like pretty much throughout the whole of of east of pros if you look at Mm -hmm. the chapter list you always see like cersei's either like a chapter before or after brienne or literally the chapter after that they're always pretty close together and jamie as well they seem to be all quite lined up well, I think between Cersei, Brienne, and Jamie, they're probably close to half of Feast for Crows. Mm-hmm. Over half. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, I mean, though, like this is this is a very good sign that what happened between Jamie and Brienne was sexual in the bath scene. Is the fact that George is doing a deliberate callback here between Cersei and Jamie, who we know have a very sexual relationship, to the same thing? Or did. Or did, I guess we should say. In case anybody wondered, like, if you ever, you know, were wondering if, if Cersei won't break up with Jamie right here, where she's kind of, like, mocking him for what he's quote-unquote lost, it's pretty clear that she is thinking of them as over right here, romantically. Yeah. Well, she even just says she's thinking of, yeah. she's got to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, she sees him as a burden. She doesn't see him as, so, as she did before. Chicky, when you were reading this for the first time as, you know, reading it as a contemporary there... When she's talking about, I have to get rid of him, did you think that she was thinking of killing him? No, I, not the first time, no. You think she is now? No. <sighs> I mean, like, I, I definitely think there's a point that Jamie could push her to that she would kill him. Like, I, I don't I don't know for sure that she is thinking that, but she definitely wants him out of the way. And she's de- deliberately sending him into harm's way by sending him out to where the remains of the war stuff is. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he lost a hand I mean, before, I, don't, I don't think... Right? I don't think she's deliberately trying to kill him, but she's also not doing anything to, you know, protect him either. It's kind of like... The... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Lot. I think she's trying to punish him by doing that, by sending him to the Riverlands, by sending him away from her, because she th- thinks, clearly thinks, that he's still, he's still, like, really into her. He, he Like, she clearly thinks that, like, every time he looks at her, that, like, he wants sex or he wants like 
to be with her. He like so she thinks she's punishing him, I think. But I think when he leaves, doesn't he have like this moment where he's like he's actually kind of happy he gets to get away from her for a little bit and have some thinking space? The wind Even is like a be... woman's fingers in his hair. <laughs> yeah, um, free. Oh, fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw this question at you it came through on Tumblr from Anon um, they asked do you think Jamie is sexually frustrated because Cersei refused to sleep with him and I think you know why I'm throwing this at you now because of what Lady Blade just brought up <laughs> I, don't I don't know I mean maybe he's more frustrated because he doesn't have his right hand anymore <laughs> yeah he only cares about his right hand but you know am I crazy when does she refuse to sleep with him I mean, on the show, sure, but in the books, where? That's a good point. She doesn't refuse to sleep with them. She doesn't refuse to sleep with them. Um, she kind of refuses. It was the other to way around. Touch her. Yeah. She kind of, yeah, she kind of refuses to let him touch her though. Like, because of his stump, she won't. just sort of. Oh well, like when they him. when he wanted to dance with her, but I mean that's a dance in public. Yeah. I don't think they were going to be getting it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but maybe that's how she thinks of it. Because you know, this is Cersei. She's mental, so. And don't you think if she had been refusing him, it, we would have gotten a hint of that in these chapters? Like, she's getting so annoyed yeah. that he's continuously trying to, you know, get it in. She's taunting him with, you know, him looking at her pubic hair and like, look at what you've lost. But the truth is, the last time we saw anything really sexual between them, you know, he was turning her down and not the other way around. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why she's she's trying to think of uh, she's refused him rather than he's refused her because she has a god complex. Well, I mean, maybe that's the whole point of her standing up in the bath is like it's this this is her offer and her, you know, not, then you have the real comparison to Brienne who stood before him from like this point of power and, you know, kind of, I don't want to say innocence, but pure, you know, purity in the sense of, you know, lack of lies. Yeah. Wow. That's deep, man. <laughs> the naked truth. That's good. Okay, um, so Cersei gets dressed in her fancy new gown, and she's having a hard time. Um, a lot of the other ones have been shrunk by her idiot maid. <laughs> oh, and- dude, Cersei, I feel what? you, man. Could that be? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? totally. That's why my clothes shrink. It's totally the dryer. The dryer does that. <laughs> I feel like the sizing of clothes has changed. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> Uh, but like is is it the alcohol making her fat or do you think she's pregnant um i think there's a lot of hint towards like um oh what was it um like you do have her like she's gone sort of to to kyburn about things and that is mentioned in the books like where she where i think jamie actually said like says like kyburn said to cersei are your symptoms gone are you feeling better? And then he thinks about the fact, like, it's more verbalized in the show, but, like, he thinks about the fact that he, she wouldn't let Pycelle near her. Mm. And he asks her what's wrong, and she goes, I'm nothing, it's fine now. Hmm. So, you know, there's, there's like, um, so it, it's possible she could be pregnant, but I doubt it. I think she would have taken moon tea way uh-huh. before now. But I think, I think she's just eating and drunk. Yeah, eating she's and drinking too much. weight. Too She's much becoming alcohol, Robert. Too much booze, too much b- wild boar. <laughs> it's like just She's trying becoming to be Robert. Robert. Yeah. 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 I think it's about her becoming Robert, too. Although, I mean, you can't completely rule out the pregnancy thing. It's entirely possible. I have always said it's funny 
that George went out of his way to make sure that she was um, menstruating with when she had sex with Jamie last, Mm -hmm. which even though you can get pregnant while menstruating, it's pretty rare. So, you know, like in a medieval type setting like this, it would it would kind of be an indicator that she couldn't be pregnant with Jamie's baby if she is pregnant. So, yeah, he he could go there. You are yeah, not exactly. the father, Jamie. It's a kettle black. You're excluded. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God yeah, no, I think it's about worry. Robert. I agree with you guys. I think it's about her just, just turning into Robert, which is hilarious, yeah. really. Just rewards. Female she Robert. Needs bra stretcher stat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Cersei wishes she was supping with Taina. She hasn't enjoyed. Oh, this is where I mentioned she hasn't enjoyed a friendship like this since her own child, her childhood, and she was friends with Malara Heatherspoon, who we know was drowned. At dinner, Cersei speaks with Lady Felice and asks her mother about her mother, Lady Tanda, who fell from her horse and broke her hip. They tell her of ruffians on the road, sparrows. Cersei tells them, and that there's a new high septon about that will deal with them. Um, Septon Oliador was on the verge of becoming elected until he was caught in a brothel and dragged out bare-assed by sparrows. TV show callback. Sir Balman brings up the awkward matter of Lawless's bastard child named Tyrion. He adds that (laughs) Tyrion was a king's name before the dragons came and the imp has despoiled it, but perhaps this child can restore the name to honor. Cersei then breaks out the manipulation and tells the dinner party she's in fear, does not trust Bronn. She could be he could be hiding Tyrion. She's been informed he's been gathering cell swords. Cersei would rest easier if Bronn suffered a mishap. Hunting, maybe. I'm like, really? Cersei, hunting? This is what you Again. suggest? <laughs> Again. Again? She's a one-trick Again. pony. Yeah. <laughs> She's got an MO. Yeah. Why not suggest <laughs> strong wine well, while you're uh, at it? <laughs> she gets there's, in there's so much going on here this is like a really complicated um chapter like section of this chapter uh, to break it down in simple terms you know fleece is now Braun's sister-in-law basically and Braun is um showing some kind of latent loyalty to Tyrion by naming his stepson Tyrion and basically is is pissing Cersei off at every turn and we're hearing about what happened to Bronn's mother-in-law who of course once she dies um, first first uh, 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 Felice will inherit and then afterward Lawless will who is married to Bronn and we're hearing some kind of questionable stuff here about how uh, Lady Tanda was injured and there are some, some theories out there that Bronn may have tried to kill his mother-in-law by weakening that strap on the horse um I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen any of that. Well, I mean, so, I, I, I mean, a moron if he didn't. It was kill or be <laughs> try to kill his mother. Well, I think it's, uh, kill, I think I it's think kill or did. be killed. I hadn't read that theory, to be honest with you. Like, I didn't go reading that. But that as I read this, that's what I thought. Well, it sounds like Bronn tried to kill his mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. makes sense. And he's gathering all of his sellsword buddies and everything. He's preparing yeah. for a fight. So, no, I, I honestly didn't think he did that. Yeah. I actually don't think that he did it. I think she probably did fall by accident, but he's taking full advantage of it. It could be. I don't know. It's funny how usually George doesn't th- do things like, oh, it looked like the, the strap was worn or something like that. It's kind of one of those, 
things to tip you off. I don't know. I certainly wouldn't put or, it past Braun to have done it. No, I wouldn't put it past uh, him, but because, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure he would, but. Or you could look at it like they're trying to set Braun up as the bad guy because they want to get rid of him. Like, oh, he's obviously shady. Well, and like Felice and her husband want to inherit now, so mm-hmm. they're killed the mom and tried to pin it on the yep the new Although guy you don't see much to hint that they might be doing that but it is certainly possible but they seem surprised that cersei even wants Bronn gone and like when you sir ballman like when cersei's like trying to hint you know can you guys take Bronn out for me and sir ballman's like <laughs> what is it she's like if he could have a mishap and sir ballman is like um a mortal mishap like he doesn't even get it like do we want to p- play a prank on him or <laughs> do you want us to kill him yeah yeah, I think it is mentioned though in um in dance. I think it is mentioned not like heavily, but Tanda's still alive in dance. Yeah, she is. She, I think she, well, I think he, she survived. Yeah, the, the and if he had wanted to kill her, if he had wanted to kill her, I'm sure he would have done. She can't move. Apparently, she's in bed. She's bedridden. So, I think if he wanted to kill her, he probably would have poisoned her food or something. That's a woman. Well, he, he could decide to just wait it out at that point. Right. He probably wants to have a kid. He probably wants to have a legitimate heir as well in place. Yeah. Because luckily for Braun, by dance, Felice is gone. So Lawless will inherit no matter when Tanda dies. So it's just kind of, right. you know, it's all kind of fallen into place. But I mean, I think Wallace will, or uh, Wallace, who's Wallace? <laughs> Braun. <Wallace. laughs> I'm making Wallace. up Stokeworths now. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. Actually, there's a boss, um, one of Walder Rivers, one of Walder's bosses is called Wallace. Oh, hmm. I don't doubt it. He's got a lot of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whole army. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, Sir Balon catches on and finally you know like you said Cersei was getting pretty impatient with him Um, she calls the Stokeworths true friends asks them to act quickly promises she'll find Lawless a better husband (laughs) like when she has this little thought a kettle black perhaps (laughs) and uh, she reminds them that we Lannisters pay our debts Cersei thinks she could have paid a faceless man to kill Bronn for half the cost of the amount she had she had to spend on hypocrisy and beer (laughs) They drank a lot, apparently. After dinner, God. she checks in on Tomin, only to find him curled up with three black kittens asleep in his Aww. bed. Gifts Aww. from Marjorie. And uh, she thinks black cats are bad luck. Her thoughts turn to Rhaegar's little girl, a girl that might have been hers. And uh, she she's, still stings a little bit, I think, when she thinks of Rhaegar. And, you know, her father had promised her she would marry the prince, but Ares refused. Tywin's offer. And um, his Ares' response to Tywin was, You are my most able servant, Tywin, but a man does not marry his heir to his servant's daughter. Can you just imagine the amount of anger that Tywin would have had to have swallowed? Ugh. Yeah, at that nice. exchange. <laughs> Eris only did it because he's as crazy as Cersei. Well, yeah. He that... saw Tywin as a threat, so he didn't want his daughter married to... He didn't want Tywin's daughter married to his son because he thought of Tywin as a threat. He thought, well, as soon as they've got a son, he'll try and off me and... You think Eris his... had that much, like, forethought? <laughs> It's not even so much forethought. I mean, he was paranoid. He was insane. He probably did have these kind of paranoid thoughts. Yeah, could be. 
I mean, yeah. he had the he's, he's a bit... to have wildfire buried all over King's Landing. Yeah. Well, how much he's of it is He's a little bit like that... Cersei. He saw, like, threats crawling in the walls and everything. Yeah. But how much of it is, you know, the prophecies and whatnot and his desire to have a pure... To have um, a more of a Targaryen line because he goes, you know, he sends the Baratheons off to Essos to find a bride and then ends up marrying Rhaegar to the Martells who at that point in time, were probably the closest relatives with, like, a marriageable daughter. Mm, and, you actually, know, they weren't that close. In the past, the first Daenerys Targaryen was married to a Dornish man, Dornish prince. So they share blood with the Targaryens as well. Right, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Is that he married them to a Martell, perhaps because the desire to keep the line as pure as possible. And I mean, maybe just pissing Tywin off was the icing on the cake. That's what I always kind of felt like. Yeah. Aries seemed to like to stick it to Tywin as much as possible, right? Yeah. So this would have been just the cherry on the cake for him to be able to refuse Tywin publicly. Lady Jenna tried to comfort Cersei with promises that Tywin would find a better man and match. And Cersei thinks her aunt had lied, though, and her father had failed her. Just as Jamie was failing her now, father found no better man and said he gave me Robert and Maggie's curse bloomed like some poisonous flower. If she had only married Rhaegar as the gods intended, he would never have looked twice at the wolf girl. Rhaegar would be our king today, and I would be his queen, the mother of his sons. She had never forgiven Robert for killing him. But then lions were not good at forgiving, as Sir Bronn of the Blackwater would shortly learn. Mm. Kind of breaks my heart with her thinking of Rhaenys as her daughter, though, and just like, ugh. I just, you know, that poor, you know, that little girl, that story kind of just, I don't, that hurts me. Yeah. And then to think of, you know, Cersei being all wistful about her when it's, you know, basically her family that killed her galls me a bit. It's a roll of the dice. I don't even think it's just, it's so sad. It's just like, literally, she, 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 and it's, she makes out like you just like, <laughs> Sorry bit tongue-tied um it's like she she implies that she would have actually born Rhaegar's children oh yeah like instead like she had Jamie's children but she thinks that it would have been all perfect with Rhaegar but then again Rhaegar would have married her if his father had agreed to it and like with Ilya Martel he would have had kids with her and he would have loved the kids probably but Apparently, he loved Lyanna, so... Yeah, I don't... Well, she, yeah. Well, I think Cersei was pretty confident that if she was his woman, that, that wouldn't have happened. She, well, I mean, Cersei would still be Cersei, and she'd still have, like, her narcissist personality disorder and her all of her other issues, and she would still be, you know, kind of a horrible person, so... I don't think the marriage would have went well. No. We did have a question um, <laughs> from an Anon on Tumblr who asked, do you think Cersei loved Rhaegar? I don't think she knew him. No, no. She, she loved the idea. I, she loved the yeah, idea of being queen. Idea of him. He's kind of like a rock star of Westeros. I mean, he's got that silver flowing blonde, ha- silvery hair. He plays the <laughs> lute. I mean, he's pretty hot. She loves the idea of Rhaegar. He's kind of the David Bowie of Westeros. I knew you were going to say oh, that. I know. I know. David I'm sorry. Oh. So. 
Breaking yeah, news. Could you? In case Bowie. you haven't heard, David Bowie died today. I know. Oh. I've been hearing about this all day. I'm like, no. I know. I'm this labyrinth. Hey, let's do a fan casting for David Bowie. Who could he be in the A Song of Ice and Fire universe? Aaron. Well, I, mean, I feel like he has to be a Targaryen because he has that otherworldliness mm-hmm. to him. Ares, Ares would be great, like Lady Blade just said. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I was going to say Ares too. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just keep thinking of him in that film Labyrinth. Uh huh. I love that movie. Yeah, uh-huh. I loved that movie as a kid, and it's like surprising how many kids don't know about it now. Like, oh my god. <gasps> but um, but yeah, I, like thinking about him in that movie, I'm just like definitely Ares. Tight pants. Oh and yeah. All. <laughs> okay um yeah I th- well that brings us to the end of the chapter um eon you got mail for us i do uh, we have one from zuzu petals and it was from xerci3 our, Zuz- our xerci3 podcast uh says totally disagree with you guys about george intending jamie to be the valencar though at any point in his writing process I agree that it's totally retcon, but I don't think he's abandoned whatever solution he had in mind when he wrote the prophecy. I think it's Tommen. I think what the show has done with Cersei and her relationship with her children and the fact that they've aged Tommen up are clues to the fact that her children, her children's fates and her own demise are interconnected. And I don't think it would will involve bringing in a third party, i.e. Tyrion or Jamie, into the mix. And you guys even said it doesn't seem like George would have time plot-wise to make Jamie the Valonqar based on where he is now. And where he will probably be in wins. Isn't all that just evidence that it's not him and that he never intended it to be him? Hmm. <sighs> It's you tough. I mean, I think is you never know with George. I, I mean, I think as yes. Jamie and Brienne fans, I think I think we tend to not want it to be Jamie who was <laughs> supposed to be the Valkyrie. I want it to be so Jamie. I'd, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't want it to be Jamie, but I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me yeah. to look at the text and not say he's, he's leaning toward Jamie. But I, yeah, no, I I really do think he's gonna have a hard time pulling it off if he tries to do it. I think, uh, yeah. You'd never really know with George. I mean, the way he makes these beelines, I mean, hell, like, since Aegon is headed towards King's Landing, Cersei could possibly head to Lannisport and go to Casterly Lock to hide out. Hide out. And hell, what oh, if yeah, Jamie totally and Bran are there? I mean, hell, I mean, they're hiding it awkward. at Casterly Rock. <laughs> and, you know, Jamie the most awkward. Yeah, you know, I mean, someone else. Yeah. I just want to start like the Three's Company theme song now. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's Company too. Okay, we are definitely off the rails. Next message, please. We had some comments from Lady Blade, some emails. I just wanted to say thank you. Also, wanted to check on your hand. I saw that you hurt your. You cut your hand on one of those vases you painted and everything. Do you have a battle yeah. scarf from the holidays? Oh, yeah, I totally <laughs> still have the scar, but it's healed up now. It's fine. Oh, okay, good. good. Awesome. No stump. You're all right, then. Okay, good. You don't have a name <laughs> scar, so we name you, like, Lady Lady Battle Wound Hand. <laughs> 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 don't worry, I've already got a nickname. 
Oh, okay, okay, good. If you okay. ever RPG with us, I think we got your name. Starborn. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Next. <Sorry>. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got one from Attention Deficit Aptitude. And um, they say, your RPG episodes are killing me. I was so excited that your plan worked out so perfectly. I laughed so hard. Death to all bowl cuts. (laughs) (laughs) For once, something went our way. The one and only time in our adventures. (laughs) Well, something had to go right eventually. Yeah, right. That was a lot of fun. Bad. That means evil. I felt so, like... I don't know, like, satisfied after that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? I was so happy. Because I had, like, had, came up with ideas on how we were going to take down Valar. And it turned out so much better than I even imagined. He didn't even awesome. get a shot fired, that guy. He just decimated <laughs> yeah. him. It was great. I was totally cool with that. Pink wedding. <laughs> yeah. Pink wedding. <laughs> okay. Um, Anon says, I want to thank you for an amazing podcast. You ladies do such a great job, and your podcast is the best part of my week. You mm. always make me love. You're so great and funny. Love you guys, and Chicky is my favorite. Oh, Chicky's my favorite Aww. too. A little pyro. There you go. Well, Anon, you're not well, my I like favorite. You too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screw you, Anon. <laughs> No, kidding. We love you. Thanks for the mail. Okay. <laughs> My turn. Um, I, I guess I'm going to throw this one on, too. It was from t- Attention Deficit Aptitude also. We had another one. Um, she says, Xerxes, he or she, says, Xerxes is my favorite, and I'm glad I'm not the only one who loves the comedy gold of her chapters. I don't know if you've heard this tapestry theory. But there is one that says Littlefinger has been hiding Tyrion Lannister somewhere in King's Landing, and had him smuggled oh, yeah. in, smuggled to the Vale, rolled up in one of those tapestries like Cleopatra, maybe as a witness to Robert's murder by Lancel and the Strong Wine. Who knows? I love tinfoil theories about these damn tapestries, though. They must That's have a purpose, true. right? Yep. Well, Agreed. I have I'll heard that. That is again. a good one. Mm-hmm. We will take those tapestry theories to keep them coming because I like them. <laughs> Is I think that... Peter Bailey just wants to be the new queer eye for the straight guy. <laughs> Could be. He, just wants, he just wants to decorate the veil up, you know. Oh, yeah. But um, that's it. That's all I have. Okay. Well, uh, thank you oh, for um, sending those in, everybody. Okay. Um, should we announce the... Um, I think Guile and Clotho are going to be podcasting. When is it? Sunday? Yep. Yep. With, Yay! Um, got podcast. So they're going to, I don't know, I guess just hop in and possibly we'll have them, the hosts on our podcast as well at a later date. Cool. Crossover. Yeah. Are you excited, Yay! Guile? I'm a little afraid. Why? I heard that she's a disciplinarian. Oh, well, you should be oh. used to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. that. We like that. I know, I, I guess. <laughs> She's going to keep you in line. Maybe though. I'm revealing my lack of respect for you a lot. I don't know. Impossible. <laughs> like, I guess I mean, she's a real disciplinarian. <laughs> Why does she come around to your house and beat you if you don't behave? 
We'll find out. Is there a whipping boy? There There might be a whipping boy. (laughs) They should have whipping boy ready for you. That's terrible. (laughs) Poor whipping boys. They should have a traders union or something. (laughs) Oh, I also wanted to um, let everybody know the drunk cast will be released. We keep getting a lot of like messages. Like, when are you putting the drunk cast out? It's on the schedule for Guile. When? (laughs) It's like February twenty eighth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sometime. It's one day. We did not, not forget. Yeah, we didn't forget. It's coming, guys. Just for February. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you, Lady Blade, for sitting in with us again. And yeah, thank you back. for having me again. Yeah. yeah, I'm always happy to come back. Awesome. Yeah. We love people guesting with us, and uh, if you want to join us, let us know. You can at um, send us a message at close the door and at gmail.com. Um, you can also send us in questions. We like those too. Uh, another avenue is close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Please like and review us on iTunes. Eon will read it in the accent of the country of origin you're from. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sure. Bring it. And if, if I'm your favorite, you know, feel free to write that on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might be feeling a little needy. <laughs> and if I'm not your favorite, feel free to send those to Guile. <laughs> well, since we're milking those, I wouldn't mind that, too. <laughs> you know, we're just going to get a bunch of messages. Chicky's my favorite, too. Right, right. <laughs> you guys are... Chicky, chicky, chicky. Chicky, chicky, chicky. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of you equally, so you like there's there's no favorites here. It's that's what my mom says, yeah. but she's lying. Yeah, I know she really. <laughs> yeah, I say that to my mom too. All right, I also wanted to say um, the I want to thank the Patreon supporters that we've had this year because we're getting to uh, the end of our year subscription to Podbean, and because of the patrons, we're actually able to purchase our Podbean subscription again for another year, so. and we. We wouldn't have been able to do that, so we fucking love you guys. So help us Thank achieve. You guys. Thank you. Help us achieve our goal for next year, because uh, that pot is going to be pretty depleted <laughs> come this February. So. so we never got our golden headsets, but at least we got a year of Podbean. You get another at year least of we're this. Still podcasting. <laughs> you yeah. only have yourselves like to blame. <laughs> your 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 Patreon account is like your. Door, house door account like there's no money left no yeah we beg that's, that's what I'm doing right now my hand is out <laughs> loot the bodies loot the bodies sell you wooden dildos just after <laughs> I could draw you a wooden dildo if like you want to become a patron <laughs> So, all right, that's it. That's us at the end. Um, thanks, guys, for podcasting. It's It's been an interesting episode. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.